0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the data management section where we're actually, I'm here interviewing with Vincent, who is the CEO of Adamant 7. I'm really excited to be here with Vincent. Vincent, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, With that, uh, to give the audience, again, a little bit more perspective of how we got here, we looked at well over 120 different startups globally that are what we consider part of the data management category. And one of the things that really stood out to us was a company called Adamant 7, primarily because what they're doing within the, the patient data management space. And we're gonna go into those a little bit today, uh, but to help give the audience uh, a great visual, uh, we're gonna jump, Vincent, directly to the, the live demo um, and then we'll go from there.
1: Sounds good? Perfect, for me.
2: Welcome to Adamant 7, improving health and financial outcomes with complete data sets. Pharma and med device companies use Andaman 7 to fill the gap in patient-generated evidence they need for their treatments to be approved and reimbursed. Evidence is generated through patient-reported outcome measurements, medical devices, wearables, and EMR integrations. Integrating these data sources is unique among ePRO vendors. Data entry errors and wasted time are reduced while data collection and subject retention is increased. Here is an example of a quality of life survey delivered to study participants through Andaman 7. Patients also prefer Andaman 7 because it gives them access and control of their full health record through the personal health records section of that platform. Until now, this has been a difficult and stressful experience for patients and providers. Many caregivers, don't have the patient's full health record available in an up-to-date and timely manner. This inherent value of control over their own health information means that the patients will keep and use the app over their entire health journey. This makes recruiting, long-term follow-up, and recurring consent easier for study sponsors. Andaman 7 addresses data privacy in a unique way through our circle of trust To make interoperability easy, the patient can share their record by clicking Share Record, searching for the person or organization they want to share the record with, then choose the parts of the record they want to share, and Andaman 7 synchronizes the data with the recipient. If a patient wants to stop sharing their health data, they simply toggle the green button, and no more data will be shared with that person or organization. Andaman7 anonymizes or pseudo-anonymizes the data depending on the sponsor's use case. No data is ever deleted from the database, and all data is time, date, and author stamped. Our data security solution is also very unique and advantageous. The Andaman7 platform stores medical data on the user's device, not in the cloud. The data is then exchanged in a peer-to-peer way. This advanced software reduces the risk of hackers and fundamentally eases consent process and accelerating the pace of data exchange with the patients.
0: Um, Great, well, Vincent, before we even jump into the uniqueness of your product itself, I wanted to ask you why, or if there is a backstory about why you created this company.
1: Yes, there is a a personal story and a professional story uh, behind that company. So I'm a software engineer by training and I worked all my career in health IT, health, health software, both for the care industry, by that I mean hospitals, doctors, nurses, uh, all of these people, and the research industry. So by that I mean pharma companies, CROs, medical device manufacturers, and so on. So I, have a, I believe I have a pretty good understanding of data management in the health uh, domain with all the privacy issues, with all the security issues, with all the complexities of structured and structured text, uh, um, dictionaries, codified text, and so on. Um, then uh, I was lucky to sell my previous company, uh, and then I decided to do something uh, f- more for the patient initially with some benefits for the care and the research actors. And going back uh, now 13 years ago, it was in 2007, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer, leukemia. Uh, and I was uh, uh, 43 years old, so rather young for leukemia. Uh, and I was pretty um, lucky to, to be put on a very efficient uh, drug. Uh, it's called Gleevec, and it's a very targeted treatment uh that basically makes uh, makes me free of the cancer while well, the cancer is still there but it's completely under control and i have almost no side effects so thank you to modern medicine thank you to targeted therapies like, like that one before that that drug your life expectancy with uh, that, that leukemia would be a few months to maximum two years so it was really lethal and now it's 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 really Benign, right? Uh, not, not as not as bad as as flu, for example. Uh, unfortunately, three months after me, my son uh, Pierre Peter in English was diagnosed with a bone cancer. Right, another type of cancer, but very serious one. He was ten years old, so very young. And uh, for him, unfortunately, there was no targeted treatment. So he went through chemotherapy for quite a few months, uh, radiotherapy bone marrow transplants. So he was isolated in a, in a, in a spe- special room in the hospital for four weeks uh, with nobody uh, coming in the room. And then uh, he was amputated from his right leg at the end of the treatment. So today he's still alive. We are 13 years after that. Uh, he's still alive, but uh, he has a serious handicap and the treatment itself was was hell, It right? lasted almost two years and it was really painful. So two cancer experiences in the same family at three months intervals and a very different process thanks to the targeted treatment and very different outcome too. My son has a handicap for the rest of his life. He's working with a prosthesis. And for me, there is absolutely no side effects. So I wanted to to do something about it and to help contribute to research uh, uh, by putting the patients in the loop, because uh, a lot of pharma companies tell us that they need data and they need lots of data to find new drugs. What we also realized as a family is that it was very difficult for you as a patient to have access to your health data. It's in several hospitals, uh, several doctors, one family doctors, and it's it's very, very difficult to have a global view uh, and to answer the questions of the various doctors that, that you meet, right? So. So this is why I, I wanted to uh, create Enderman with uh, the first two goals, which are to contribute to research and the second one to give their, their, the patients their, their health data in, a, in an easy manner uh, while respecting uh, uh, their privacy.
0: Wow. it's um, you know, Healthcare ecosystem is quite unique in a sense that uh, it seems like a lot of companies have a very personal story behind, and that's the motivation that drives the company forward, which is, which is very unique. And um, it's an interesting backstory. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, and, and now with that, uh, and with the purpose that you you talked about, the, the end goal of your platform is being able to collect patient data uh, in a variety of different ways. Can you walk us through how you're collecting this data? How do you process that data? I mean, you just talked about the
1: complexities of that. What does this process look like on your end? yeah so uh first we don't like to say we collect data right we try to take a very different approach because everybody's doing that and everybody's trying to accumulate as much data as possible and there's always that conflict of interest between the privacy and the individual rights of the patients and and the rights of of the or the the interest of collecting data right so what we decided to to do is to do the things right even if it makes things more complicated, right? So what we decided is to first give their, the patients their data back and to only store their data on their smartphone. So we do not store any data in the cloud. This is very unique. It's, it's really different from most actors out there. And, and it's, it's a 100% commitment to full privacy of the patient. right? They store everything on their smartphone as a company underman does not have access to the data, right? we do not want to have access to the data right? directly. Uh, we give the patients their data, we, we, we collect it. Uh, well, the patients connect to the hospitals to collect the data, they collect it from the lab, all of the sources of data, including the connected devices, the, the watch, the glucometers, and so on. So all the sources, they collect the data and store it locally on the smartphone uh, and only there. Of course, we have backup mechanisms and everything. Then what we provide to the pharma companies, for example, is a way to offer to patients to to contribute to research. right? So we don't sell data to to pharma companies. We sell, if you want, the the possibility to contact the patients. So how that works, it works in a quite classic um, manner. They used to work with paper questionnaire. We transform that into digital questionnaires, electronic questionnaires, and we send those questionnaires to the patients that agree to contribute to the, 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 the research, right? So the patients have all their data locally. They are proposed to contribute to research. If they say yes, they receive first a consent, right? So they have to give their explicit consent, I agree to contribute to, to this trial to share that data very limited, right, for a given amount of time and for a specific purpose, just this study, right? If they consent to all of this, then the data is uh, the individual pieces of data, so not the whole health record, just the the minimum uh, necessary data is collected. And when the patient sees all, all of that, they can very clearly see what they share, right? So they click on share, and that data is then collected and anonymized, and then forward it to, to, to the research, um, the researcher, right? So it's a very different approach to uh, other, other competitors, if you want, or other projects. Uh, first, the patient collect the data locally on the smartphone, then they are being offered to participate to trials. And there is no data in the cloud, and, and the man does not have access to the data. They can just, we can just access, uh, offer the patients to contribute to research. Mm. I hope this is clear
0: enough. No, I definitely,
1: I think, I think that's important.
0: And also one of the reasons why we wanted to highlight your company is I think your approach of, uh, and I like how you made the correction with, uh, collecting and more gathering of, of, of patient data on behalf of the patient, uh, and, and why that approach is important, um, especially the directly for the patient. Um, and I'll get, I'll have more questions about that and especially with privacy and security and all these other things. But, um, I'm curious, what is that actual method of when a patient decides, hey, I wanna figure out how I can access all my healthcare data? And they reach out and they use your tool to get that information for them. How do you actually do that? Are you calling up hospitals and requesting? Are these like official forms that you have to fill out? How do you deal with structured, non-structured data? Is there an algorithm in the back end that puts everything together? I'm just curious how that, that process actually works.
1: Yeah, okay. So since we don't want to see the data of patients, we do not collect the data on behalf of the patients and then send it to the patients. What we offer is to the patients to connect to the hospitals. Uh, There's various ways to do that, right? In the US and in Europe, for example, uh, processes are are different. Our company is based in Europe, right? So we are fully GDPR uh, aware and we want to be extremely strict on that. And so we apply those principles to all our customers even if they are outside of europe right so one example here in europe uh we have worked with a a hospital and uh they they are compatible with endermen and so in this case this specific hospital is asking the patients to go to the hospital at least once to show their uh, electronic id card and and to to give the consent to receive the data. Once this is done, the IT system of the hospital is sending to the patient all of the health data directly, of course, through our platforms, but everything is encrypted when it leaves the hospital. And so we don't see the data. and And when it arrives on the smartphone, then it's visible to the patient very clearly. So that's one way to do it. The patient goes to the hospital, requests their data, and it gets sent through the platform. Another way to do it, uh, most in the US we do that, for example, uh, there's many more um, possibilities in the US through the Fire standard that is being adopted by almost all actors. And there, what we do is uh, when the patients are uh, using Enderman, they go to the list of hospitals which is inside Enderman. And they see thousands of hospitals there because we're compatible with 85% of all US hospitals so that means that approximately 85% of all american uh, people can connect to their hospital right so this is the list of all hospitals they select theirs one or several right and when when they click on, on that hospital their smartphone is connecting to the hospital and is authenticated uh, at the hospital uh, at the hospital directly so the patients use their login password that they received from the hospitals before that moment, right? And then when they do that, there is an authorization uh, to send the data to the, uh, from the hospital to the patients. So there, again, the hospital is sending data through our platform in encrypted format and the patients receive it. So again, we do not see uh, the, the, the patient's data and the patients somehow use their phone to connect to their hospital system uh, to, to do the request and then to, to get the, the, the results. Interesting. It works the same way with labs, for example, right? Ah, I see. And if there's other ways, for example, on on Apple, you know that Apple is also collecting uh, helping patients connect to the hospital. There we directly take uh, the data that Apple is is collecting uh, on behalf of the patient. So we use various ways. We don't want to restrict ourselves to one way. We use all the ways that are possible because we want to be global and it's going to be different in the US in Europe and so on. We're compatible, uh, our platform is available in 22 languages, right? So that's Mm. really a global approach. It's only European languages, of course, English, Spanish, but also Chinese, Japanese, Russian, Arabic, all of these languages are supported. So we want to be as open as possible because the situation is very different in in all of these countries.
0: Wow, okay. That makes sense. And um, uh, you talk, I mean, you highlighted the, the privacy portion quite a bit, and uh, you wanted to make it very clear about your method of managing data on behalf of users and making sure that they're in full control. Why did you go this route? Why was this important to you to take this approach versus, you know, what we see with all the other platforms and patient data management?
1: Well, I'm a software engineer, but I'm a, tr- a patient too, right? You understood that our personal story uh, make us realize that we were patients. So I, I, was, I was a bit tired of all of those data abuses, not, not, not in the medical sector, mainly in other sectors, right? All your data is constantly collected and used, and, and I'm, I'm fine with that, like, like many pa- citizens, I should say they are fine up to a certain level. So there are a number of things they want. They want to know about it, right? Not in their back. They want to know what is being collected and for what purpose. They want to be able to say yes or no. Uh, They want to be able to, if they say yes now, to say no in in two years, right? So people are not against sharing their data, but they want to be in control, finally, right? They want to know Uh, all of this right and it's the same for health data it's even more important right because for me clearly i want to share a lot of my health data with my doctor so he can provide the best care to me right but i don't want to share that that data with somebody else that i don't know for example or for a large company or for an insurance company uh right i want to be very careful there right now uh if one pharma company is telling me we are uh trying to find a, a specific uh treatment for uh the cancer that your son has of course i will agree well in my case i will agree to share uh, my son's data uh, with that pharma company if it contributes to research even if the company is going to make money with a drug. right in this case my personal distress is is stronger so it really varies uh if you want to share your data uh depending on who you share it with uh, what data and, 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 and the purpose and, and the duration and, and all. you want to be in control, right? So I, I started uh, by saying, I am a patient, I want to be in control. So I, I build the system as I want it, uh, really uh, uh, the, the, the ideal system that I would like, right? So by default, no sharing of data, nothing in the cloud, everything on my smartphone under my control. And then gradually... Uh, share some of some pieces of data always after I give consent, right? And I can always remove my consent, right? Because I also want to contribute to, to to research, and I want my doctor and my hospital to provide me for the best care. But I want to be in control. So that's why we started at the at the far end of the privacy, maximum privacy, and then allow the patients to gradually uh, reduce the privacy in certain specific cases, right? I was like 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 probably many people, I was fed up with uh, people abusing my data, if you want. So I wanted to completely cut short of of that. Interesting. It
0: definitely, um, it it makes sense from the sentiment of, you talk about generally with what's happening with individuals' data. And healthcare, it definitely seems like it's very much more personal, um, which is why I think it's very important to have those protections. Uh, it's it's interesting though that uh, I feel like having a centralized location for your healthcare data in your case it's more decentralized each individual has control of their own data I mean it can be pretty powerful Uh, you you already kind of alluded to this earlier but what are some of the things that you're allowing patients to do or partners to do with this healthcare data Um, I think you, you talked a little bit on your website remote patient monitoring you have solutions for clinical trials. Can you highlight some of these things and, and why they might be important for the patient and other healthcare yeah.
1: stakeholders? Yeah, so you, you mentioned the word centralizing data, right? I think mm-hmm. that in our case, we're kind of centralizing data. So, but we're centralizing on the patient's smartphone, right? So it's, it's indeed, a, if you look at all the patients, it's distributed. But ideally, each patient has all of their data centralized on their smartphone right in a distributed way if you look at all the patients so for me we are still kind of centralizing the data but in a very different way than than most people do right so that's the first element the second element is that because of that it makes things more complex obviously right because if you can put all the data in a server it's much more it's much easier right to process the data very clearly but I don't think it's gonna work in the long term, and it's going to create all kinds of conflicts of interest and, and the commercial interest against the patient's interest. So let's not do that, let's, let's do it more difficultly in a more difficult manner, but uh, as the patients want that. So the second thing we had to build is, is an exchange platform that would work with that and we build that too and it's a peer to peer platform. So when I'm exchanging data I can exchange my son's data with my wife, right? The data will go to her smartphone. I can exchange data with my doctor, it will go to their electronic health record software. Same with my hospital. And then as part of a clinical trial, I can share some of my data when I'm invited by, by, a, by a pharma company or CRO. So these two elements constitute the, 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 the foundations of Andaman, which is the story storage of information, what I didn't reveal in detail is that we do a lot of work in, in normalizing the data because if data comes from a lab, if it comes from a hospital, from my doctor, from manual input, from my wife, from my own watch, and my, my glucometer, we need to have all of that data normalized, right? So uh, under the hood, we do a lot of things with the, the data to make it clean and, and easy to use, right? So these two elements, the the mobile app and the peer-to-peer platform are are really the foundations of our system. So you were asking about the use cases. Basically, we can can, um, work in any use case that needs data exchange with the patients. Our grand goal, our dream is to be the platform to exchange data between patients and any stakeholder, right? So the use cases are are numerous. On our website, you will find a, a dozen use cases already. Uh, I like to group them in two categories, the care ones where where we're trying to uh, help the patients. uh, So it's monitoring of the patient. uh, It's uh, making sure they're taking their drugs. So that's adherence treatments. Um, Monitoring is collecting uh, data from patients. You can also send questionnaires to the patients to ask them if their Crohn disease is is flaring up uh, for the moment or not. Uh, so there's lots of use cases where it's getting more and more important these days to be able to, to be in contact with the patient when they are outside of the hospital, right? It's, it's why we're talking about uh, telemedicine, about um, home care, about uh, virtual care. All of these terms become very uh, trendy these days because everybody or most people have a smartphone, which is a super advanced computer. They have that in their hands. They have the internet, which is a a very cheap or completely free way to exchange data. So suddenly we are able to do a lot more uh, with the patients being at home or uh, with the patients uh, going to their primary doctor, which is not the hospital, right? Typically the family doctor is called the first line and then the hospital is called the, the second line. Now integrating between those lines and the patients is becoming a lot easier. So those are all the use cases around the care, remote monitoring, teleconsultation, exchange of data, both ways. And the second big group is everything about research. And there the classic element is the is clinical trial, right? Where uh, the, the, the researchers need to get data from the patients about the drug they're taking, uh, do they have any side effects, uh, uh, do they have a headache, uh, right? They, they want to study the effects of the drug before it gets approved. Uh, on the market, that's what, one example. And then there's all kinds of other types of studies, uh, which are called real-world evidence studies, right? Uh, which means that uh, there is a need now to collect a lot more data than was needed previously uh, in, in the clinical trial. So in the US, the FDA, and in Europe, the EMA, and similarly, they used to ask for clinical evidence of a drug, in the past now they're asking for real world evidence so not only is the drug efficient but what about the real world right so in my case uh, for my leukemia there are i think three or four very efficient drugs to control my leukemia right so clinically they're almost equivalent right so the clinical evidence is there but what about the real world evidence do i have side effects is, for example, one drug uh, with a, a pill and another one in injection, which is more difficult, right? Uh, is, is one drug to be taken one pill per day and the other one, one pill or two pills three times per day, which makes it more complex, right? What about the interaction? with? So all of these elements, which are not as critical as the clinical evidence, but become necessary because what will the FDA reimbursing the four drugs that I'm taking? Well, the ones that they're all equivalent clinically, but they will prefer to reimburse the one that's the best for the patient globally uh, in the real world, right? So this real world evidence is is growing and it's, it's new needs uh, that the, the FDA is imposing to the pharma. So the pharma needs to collect those data. And then there's all those quality of life uh, studies. Uh, there's also, use cases where the FDA is saying, okay, if you you guys from the pharma, if you want the patients to contribute to research in the future, you better keep them engaged and, and and satisfied by uh, by having participated to your trial. And one thing they, they would like is to have feedback, right? What has my data contributed to? So you should send uh, to the patients that, that were in the trial the results of the study. They should have their data back, right? If there's some data that has been uh, used, they should. So these are new use cases and our platform is also very good for that uh, uh, type of use case. And then there's other use cases more uh, a bit different like, like building registries, right? Registries of patients. Uh, recruitment of patients is going to be also uh, more and more difficult when we go to rare disease right there are some diseases today that only 300 patients in the world have right so you have to find those patients it's going to be very difficult so the pharma that wants to develop a drug for, for that rare disease they will have a very hard time finding the patients and putting them on a trial right so there's all kind of complexities that arise from from the fact that Basically, now we, we cure all the, the big classic diseases that everybody has, right? Uh, and then we, are, we have to be more and more precise and more personalized uh, to, uh, to, to, to go to the next, step to, to cure the, the, the rarer diseases. Uh, and, and, yeah, and genetics will, will become more and more important because uh, you and I will have the same disease, but due to our genetic profile, one drug will work very well for me and not for you. Right. So the, the drugs will also be more and more personalized. And for that you need patient feedback. You need individual patient feedback. You need all the data from that patient. The data that comes from the health record and the lab results and so on. Wow. These are a few I, examples.
0: Yeah. That's, that's but I mean I don't think I did justice with the two examples that I had, but I think that was I mean that's I think that's kind of highlights the the power but also the importance of being able to have a method of managing patient data and being able to distribute it in a meaningful way. Um, I'm curious, uh, to, uh, you still have 10 minutes left, yes? Still good on time? Yeah, a little okay. bit more. Okay. Don't worry. Great, I Two, two, two questions left that I wanted to ask and then we'll close out. One was, do you see your platform or your solution do you offer it also as a white label tool, or does this integrate with, you know, for example, providers' interfaces, telemedicine solu solutions as well, as well as having a standalone application? And then I'm I'm just curious if you could also highlight some of those triggers that would cause patients to want to access. What are the most common triggers that uh, cause patients to want to access their health data?
1: Yeah. Yeah. so yes we do offer our platform as a white label system right because it can be used for so many use cases that uh, we, we are sure that we will not be able to to, to do that uh, I dream our dream is to to distribute the platform to as many patients as possible because one thing I forgot to say is that we have a social goal in the in the company so you know our, my story my son's story and we are still alive today thanks to modern medicine, right so I wanted to, to give back some, some, somehow. And so uh, I built this platform. Uh, the revenue clearly comes from hospitals and pharma companies, but for patients, it's completely free, right? And even if some people say, if it's free, then it's because your data is being used, right? No, not in this case. It's completely free and we don't get anything back except that you are starting to collect your data and that in the future, you might want to collaborate Research or, or other projects, right? So uh, that the social goal is clearly there today. If you want, you you go on the App Store, the Google Play Store, you download your Andaman Seven, and you start managing your health data completely free, without your data data being being used by anybody. So that's that's very clear. So that's that's the first part of the answer. Yeah. So the the triggers for patients to to use a tool like Andaman is unfortunately in most cases when people have health problems, right when you're in good health we we are humans right we don't care too much right well we try to exercise we try to eat uh, healthy food and and we we do our best right but for that you don't really need a a full health record management system right but when you have a chronic disease or when you have a serious disease like cancer or other types of, of diseases then suddenly you you're in, in you feel that you're in trouble and you want to to have control on, on on what's happening you want to understand right and you very soon realize that doctors are asking you questions all types of doctors what are your allergies what drugs are you taking what what is your medical history because it's hard for them to communicate right uh, and so they they always ask questions uh, to the patients right so you you feel that you are you, you have a need to be uh, in control of, of that and and to know all your your past uh, uh, data, your past history to be able to share it to, 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 to be a part of your, the solution, a part of your care, right? So the trigger is really when you you are sick, then you start to to, to be cautious uh, about your health and then you install and then, and then you start using it. and then slowly you you discover all of all that it offers. So that's usually the trigger. Another trigger is is if we're doing, for example, a a clinical trial with a a, a pharma company and they recruit 1,000 patients through doctors, through hospitals, right? Uh, Then they install Enderman just for the trial and then they realize what Enderman can do. And they they see that they can do a lot more with that, which is to their benefits and it's free and so they're doing it. Yeah, that's a second. Way to, to get installed and then install in the in the patient's phone.
0: Awesome. My last question, and then we'll, we'll go to closing remarks. I'm 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 just curious. You know what what do you think is the future of patient data management, and what do you see that most people don't?
1: Yeah, what I see is that uh, it's very necessary to have access to all of your data on your smartphone. Uh, when I explain the project to people and I tell them on your phone, you have all your pictures, you have your contacts, you have your agenda, right? You even have your bank, right? You have everything. What about your health data? And suddenly they realize, yeah, gee, that's probably the most important data and I don't have it. Or I just have a few pieces of data from my my running uh, application, right? Or from my sleep uh, app or but I don't have my full health record. And I even have some people that tell me, it doesn't exist, really? I thought it would exist, it, it would seem so, so obvious, right? And it, it doesn't, or it's, it's not very well developed, right? So I think it's something that in a few years, everybody says, say, yes, of course, we have all of our information on our smartphone. It's obvious, right? But today people just haven't tilted. they haven't realized how important it is right so that's one element a second element is that i'm very puzzled by by all the gdpr and all of this right being in europe when the gdpr came it put so many constraints that as europeans we were we were thinking gee this is going to slow down our our possibilities of of developing innovative uh, projects around big data about ai because all of these need data and suddenly all of the data is being control right all the companies in Europe cannot do what they want right and so many Europeans were feeling that oh it's it's a bit unfair because Americans don't have those constraints and Chinese don't have those constraints right so they're going to go much faster but what's happening now is a California Privacy Act and it's uh, a few uh, eastern states uh, similar privacy acts and then Brazil is coming up with regulations like this so surprisingly GDPR show the example, and then others are, are thinking, starting to think and say, I think it's, it's probably good to have more privacy because everybody's curious about their data being abused. right?" So I think that surprisingly, uh, everything is moving in, in a direction where there's gonna be more and more privacy, more decisions by the patients or the citizen, more control and uh, 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 an explicit consent. So I think that's that's also something that will come in the future. That's what I believe will, will come. And then having a, a system where you start from full privacy, like with it, is a big is a big advantage, right? Because the regulations help us. The regulations currently today say all the patients, all the citizens should have access to all of their data. And if you're not, and if you're using the data of a citizen, then you should be careful about this, 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 and it's putting a lot of constraints on who's using the data from somebody else, right? So if you start from the citizen or from the patient, then everything is easier, right? Because the regulations are completely uh, in line with that. So that's the second element I see. The third element I see is, I think, one that most people see is the importance of data, right? Globally, lots of data uh, and and data being processed by by. Uh, big data first because you can extract additional data from that but ai also because ai will extract data and and create knowledge which is one level up in the complexity and 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 bring many benefits to 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 everybody to the common right Uh, that's probably the third element i see Uh, what else maybe the the last element is that uh, something that i really believe in is it's a bit uh, hippies, right? But it's (laughs) power to the people, right? Again, internet did that, right? Internet gave everybody the possibility to to have access to all of information, right? Then web 2.0 came, where basically everybody was capable of contributing, publishing, personal blogs, social media, and all of these, right? So it's putting back power to the people. And so what I see uh, in the health sector is that patients will have more power again. They they will um, recuperate the the power that they should not have lost, right? They're becoming health consumers instead of patients, right? So they're going to put their money in their services that that they want. So health consumers, uh, is going to be a big trend. And also, like I said earlier, personal and personalized medicine will become more and more important because now we, we basically are solving the big problems, right? You, you've seen probably recently in the news, polio is completely eradicated from this world, right? And so we, we're progressing, right? Now, to progress more, we need to be more personalized and, and, and focus on the rarer diseases and so on. So it's gonna be more personalized too. So I think that's the future trend too.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, Vince. This was fantastic. I mean, I really appreciate it. And especially giving us the detail, the level of different uh, detail of not only the, how you protect individuals, information, the process in which you do so, but also the different use cases that are possible with having this information in this way. I think that was really unique. Uh, Before I close out, is there anything that you wanted to mention or announce to the audience or share at all?
1: Um. Well, I would like to say to all patients uh, that uh, it's very important to have access to your data, to control your data. So start doing it. The sooner the better, right? Because you're you're going to build uh, uh, something that might be useful for you in the future if you have a health problem. So you should really consider that now uh, as soon as possible. Uh, A second element is is I would talk to uh, doctors and medical staff, which are sometimes a a bit worried about all these changes. And I would say, don't be afraid, right? It's uh, as a doctor, your, your main goal is to, to help patients, right? So this is what's, what's going on here, right? And by giving uh, the patients more control of their health, it's, it's helping the patients. So it's, it's your basic, um, goal in life right there and there is no fears to have and uh, if, if there, there are fears about there's a lot well the news are talking about AI and all of these you know the, the, the calculator this, did not uh, remove the work from engineers right just engineers started to work faster and do bigger projects much faster cheaper so the calculator is just a tool so AI will be a tool for you doctors to do your work faster better with more power uh, and and it's going to empower you uh, as a doctor too so let's not be afraid let's move forward i would say wonderful well,
0: i i mean that was a great great closing statement and vincent thank you again for taking the time to do this i really appreciate it again for the audience uh, make sure you go and download adam seven uh and, and use the application and uh but this was great this is a. Uh, Again, this is the purpose of this interview was to feature what we think are one of the best companies within the data management category globally. And uh, Adaman 7 is really important to taking that next step forward, I think, in healthcare and in a lot of different ways. And so this was a fantastic interview. Vincent, thank you so
1: much for taking the time. Well, thank you for, for having me. Thank you for looking at Adaman 7 and helping us with our mission. <laughs>